Well, Pitt fans, it's been a wild week. I'm Chris Carter, and you're listening to the DKH2P podcast here on the DK Podcast Network. Pitt, man, you know what it's like to be a Pitt fan. Every time you think they're up, they're down, and every time you think they're down, you're they're up. That's what they do. After sweeping Syracuse and and beating up on Duke and declaring Pitt's back, Pitt loses to Wake Forest and then goes on a three-game losing streak, getting blown out at home in Notre Dame, and it looks like the ship's on fire. Ephiel Horton got sent out of the game, and it was, oh, man, everything was bad. And all the jokes are being said, oh, they're, they'll never grow. They're, Pitt can't do this. this. This is where the season falls apart, and it's everything's gone. Except it didn't happen because your Pitt Panthers went in and dominated the number 16-ranked Virginia Tech Hokies. I'm not here to recap the game. I'm here to say they're starting to validate the things that I said that they needed to do months ago. And you can listen to this show. You can go back in the previous weeks. And you can go back and listen to me when I was saying it's not it's not going to be about Jeff Capel saying the right things and everything. It's going to be about these leaders stepping up and setting the tone for what the direct the pro the, what the program's direction is going to be. Jeff Capel knows what it takes to be in a great program. He was part of Duke. He played. He coached. He's recruited. He's been all the the places. He's played in national championship games. He knows the pressures, the stakes, the everything that goes into that. And he's been challenging his players to step up. The guys who are going to set the tone have to be the guys that are out front. I wrote about this last week on DKPittsburghSports.com, saying that Jeff Capel's players need to step into it as leaders. And it looks like that's starting to be the case here. After the win, we're talking to Pitt's players and stuff on Zoom. I'm at the Pete, and I'm on the Zoom, and I'm talking to players. And I'm, I'm, I've been trying to get them to say this. I've been trying to, I've been asking them for weeks. What you know, questions like, "Hey, who's being the leader behind the closed doors? What kind of conversations are you guys having? You know, in these moments, you know, whether they were beating Duke or whether they were losing to St. Francis or, or losing to Notre Dame, I was always trying to figure out what. I just wanted to get stories, just insight from the players. Who's who's stepping up when you know, not not and not just at practice, but on their own. Who's who's calling each other in the middle of the night, being like, "Yo, we got to do this, we got to do that." Who's meeting up, you know, safely, of course, you know, not breaking COVID protocols, but who, who's who. Who's taking those extra steps to say, hey, the buck stops here with us. And I finally got an answer during the postgame zoom. And I asked Xavier Johnson, I'm like, you know, hey, what what did you guys do? You know, what you know, what have you guys been talking about? What's you know, who's who stepped up here? And Johnson finally tells me after the Notre Dame loss that there was a there was a private meeting. Called by Audis Tony between Tony, Johnson, and Champagne. Like I've been saying for a while, those are the big three. That's Pitt's big three right there. They need those guys to step up and win. But they also need these guys to step up and lead. And Johnson says in the meeting, X is like, Tony called it and he he called us. He called us all out. He said he needed to step up, but he said we were lacking as leaders. Lacking as leaders. And not just on the court, 
but in setting the tone, accepting responsibility for things, pushing yourself to encourage others to push themselves. And he, and X says said when Tony was saying was was saying that in the, in their in their little meeting, and he said there there weren't always just, it wasn't just flowers and hey let's togetherness there was some challenge and he said that they he said that Tony said some things that they didn't that he didn't like about X and Champagne and they did the same thing about him and to each other. But that's what leadership takes. You got you got to push each other. You got to have that fight. You know that's it's 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 corny, but that's something that they show in movies. That's a part of real teams. Your leaders need to challenge each other and fight through those adverse moments and find each other when they're when they are fighting with each other, and that's what makes them strong. And coming out of that meeting, X says we looked at each other. We we're like, yeah, he's right. We do got to step up in these ways. And then Tony said the same thing. Tony tried to make it less about him. He was more like, you know, I just said I, I need to push myself. They said the same things, you know. I which I took this. I took the sense of is that Tony was like, he wanted to talk about it, but didn't want to say everything that happened. But he, and he also didn't want to make it seem like it was just him. He was like, you know, we just we wanted to be more organized going in practice, and we did that this week. And Jeff Capel did say they had two really intense practices on Monday and Tuesday going into the Wednesday game. And what happens? Jeff Capel. Ten minutes before the game announces X, Ithiel Horton, you two sit on the bench. You're not starting. Not one complaint. Not one frown. Not one head hanging low. Not paying attention. Just sitting there waiting waiting for when your turn's called. And after the game when asked about it, they were both like, hey, that was his coach's call. My my call. My job is to hit the shots. His his job his his job is to make the calls. And and that's what happened here. I fully believe that uh, it was needed to 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 send a message to shake things up. But take see. Imagine being the freshman on this team. And the roller coaster that you've been on. You come in, you lose your first game to, to St. Francis, and you're like, what the heck was that? Then you go on a win streak, and you're feeling great, and you're feeling high, and you're like, yeah, everything's great, and you're even winning without Justin Champagne. Then you, you beat some blue, you beat a blue blood, and you're ready to go, and you're like, let's do this. And then you're tanking, and you're like, what what the heck is this? I don't know. What, what do we, you know, what, why are we losing? I don't know. This is crazy. And then you see two of your starters lose their starting spots to Nike Sabande and Femi Odakale and not one bit of complaint from them and arguably well no arguably for X it was his best game X plays his best game ever 32 points if you're Horton one of his best games for Pitt in this season 15 points four three-pointers Tony comes out, he balls. Of the of the four guys that were scoring the most points for Pitt, T- uh, Champagne scored the least. But he still found a way to get his double-double. That's These are the defining moments right here. Now what's going to continue to define this team is can they keep doing it? If you go on Pitt Basketball's uh, their, 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 their Twitter page, they posted a quick little video and a cut up of what their locker room was like. And you see Jeff Capel, you know, throw, hitting, hit, you know, he was the one hitting people with a uh, with, with a water bucket. But at one point, he's like, "You got to do this every day." 
you know, it's something that he's been saying all season long, really all three, you know, all throughout this time, he's been saying, respect the game. Approach every game like this, every practice like this. Every day has to be treated like it's the most serious day of your life. If you want to be great, if you if they're going to get this program to where they want it to be, they've got to do these things. I think they can. I think they've got the talent. Now, the big question is, are they going to get other guys to step up with them? Because in this game, you saw there was a clear message here. Johnson can score. Tony can score. Champagne can get it. Ithiel Horton, when he's hot, can be a sniper. Shooter shoot, by the way. He missed his his first four three-pointers, and he kept taking shots. And eventually, he started hitting. And that's what they need out of him, not to lose his confidence. Even when he's struggling, shoot your way out of it. That's what shooters do. But they also need other guys to step up. Now, Koulibaly's doing his best as a big man. He's setting the high screens. He's going down low, trying to help out. He only finished with five points. But they need some of these other guys to step up and take the pressure off them. They need some of the guys to get some good bench points. And you know, Technically, Johnson and Horton were a lot of bench points this, this last game. Femi Udakali's doing well. He's, he's a good guy to bring in. He's, he's, he's their sixth man right now. But they need a William Jeffress, a Noah Collier, somebody to step up and bring some some extra to the team because it can't just be the top guys they will you know the, the top guys can do great but when you start playing those 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 serious teams or when a couple of those guys get in a rut you need somebody that you can rotate to and maybe that's coming down the line maybe but i think what could help spark that is the leadership we're seeing out of these guys right here and right now Let's see if they keep make it consistent. Can they keep it consistent? Can they keep it up? That's the question. That's, that could determine how just how far Jeff Capel has brought this, this this program in just three seasons. I wouldn't put a whole lot of hopes on the NCAA tournament just yet. My book, they still got to win seven more games for that. And on their way to do it, and they have, I think, 11 left. And on their way to doing that, I think they need to beat Virginia. They need to beat Florida State. They need to show that this this win over Virginia Tech wasn't a fluke. Because after they beat Duke, everyone was like, oh, that was a fluke when they lost to Wake Forest and then two more. And the only thing that's going to prevent that is leadership. We're going to take a quick break here. We come back. Going to flip the football real quick. The Senior Bowl happened. And uh, it looks like there's going to be some really good stuff for Pitt in the draft. All that right after this. So back here on the H2P Podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's talk about pit football and the senior day. I know everyone wants to talk about National Signing Day. We, we, we that, that A lot of those things were given. We, we've talked ad nauseum about Pitt's recruiting class, how it's great, how Naquan Brown's going to be great. We're looking at Elliot Donald, Aaron Donald's nephew. That That's fine. We'll get into more of that later. But what right now I think you, you Pitt fans should be really hyped about is how Pitt showed up in that Senior Bowl last weekend. Not only did Rashad Weaver... Patrick Jones and DeMar Hamlin play, but Jimmy Morrissey got a call at the last minute to to get to the senior bowl and play because of a injury of an injury that 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 sidelined an offensive lineman for it was the American team. 
And the Senior Bowl is being played in Mobile, Alabama. Jimmy Morrissey is, is training in Pensacola, Florida. And, and when I say training, he's getting ready for the NFL draft. The night before the Senior Bowl, he gets this call. and he, Or the day before. And he has to get up the night before to get to the Senior Bowl, learn an offense, play different positions, and get ready, get ready to play against a whole bunch of other seniors and guys getting ready for this NFL draft. And remind, uh, just a reminder. These aren't uh, this. This is pretty much the last time we get to see any of them play. And not to make any, not to make this too simple. Uh, Pensacola, Florida to Mobile, Alabama, is about an hour drive ish, hour and a half if you do it the wrong way. Um, so it's not like he drove. You know, he moved hell at high water. But, I mean, still, to to be get that call, drive an hour, get and be like, okay, I'm playing in this game. Mind you, he also hadn't played since, like, December 10th, December 11th. And this was late, late January. He hadn't played for a month, a month and a half, two months. Gets to the senior ball and puts on a good show. And when he does... He doesn't just do it at center. He does it at left guard, right guard, and center. And I guarantee you, that mentality, he had that walk-on mentality. That's why he won the walk-on of the year award. Teams are going to see that, especially with no no main, no main combine events this year. There's no 40-yard dashes coming. There's no squats coming. There's no bench presses coming. There's no cone drill or and none of that. Shuttles all gone. This was the last chance to show on the field what you got to NFL scouts. And Pitt as a whole showed up pretty strong. Now we know two guys that are probably going to the draft high, maybe not as high as we thought they would going into this season, but Jalen Twyman, and Paris Ford, both those guys, they'll, they'll get drafted, I think, in the top three rounds. They're pretty good athletes that everyone saw this year. And, well, t- Twyman not this year, but they're good athletes that people have notes on, and they're like, "Okay, we'll, we'll give you, we'll get, you'll get your shot soon." But when you see Patrick Jones and Rashad Weaver dominating, they're going to be high picks as well. They're in that range, and they earned that this year. Rashad Weaver, I wasn't so sure about how he would be received going into even when like when he was showing how, that he was missed how much he was missed in his early games this year when he was making sacks making big plays I wasn't so sure that he was going to get the get the call um but it's clear to me that people are paying attention to what he's doing and and sometimes because a lot of times uh you know you see a player playing really well in college and just not getting the the spotlight enough and he he, he falls down he falls down the the, the the draft boards and then he ends up being a steal for somebody I'm not so sure that's going to happen now with all the accolades he's been racking up but everybody had a really good day here. Like I said, Morrissey played at all these different spots, was really good in pass protection, always on his assignment. That, to me, will sing very highly to coaches. Rashad Weaver was abusing Deontay Brown, who's one of Alabama's offensive linemen that everyone's been talking about. I saw a back-to-back sequences. It was a third and one, on, and they tried to run it. Rashad Weaver just sheds his man, just blows up the hole, and he doesn't get the tackle, but he blows up the, the spot, and it's fourth and one. And then on fourth and one, they try to play, and he blows up his man again, and then he gets a tackle and and gets the turnover on downs. 
And he was lined up on inside. He wasn't even the edge on that play. If Rashad Weaver can show that he's going to be dynamic enough to move inside and do three technique and five technique, oh boy, that's going to be for real. And he he may he may creep himself a lot earlier into the draft than I than I predicted. Patrick Jones got a sack. He got called for I think it was a legal hands to the face or something like that early on. But he he got a really good sack where you just saw when, when he clicks when he just gets it. He's such a dangerous edge rusher. He just he had a little wiggle, shimmy to the inside, beat his man, and then the quarterback was just run down and thrown down like a rag doll. So people get to see that from him. And DeMar Hamlin got an interception and looked decent in coverage. You know, DeMar Hamlin's not your super dynamic guy that's going to go sideline to sideline every play and make the, the Minka Fitzpatrick interceptions, but he's going to be the guy who's in position, who's not going to get beat because he was lazy or because he didn't know what was going on. And when the play comes to him, he's going to make a play on it. And that's what happened in his last in, in, in his interception. He wasn't, you know, he, he didn't jump a pass for a pick six. He was in the position. The ball came into his area. And... His uh, the ball got into the air, he got tipped, and he was right where he was supposed to be, and he caught the ball and capitalized on it. And it did look like for the first few seconds when he when he got up with the ball, <laughs> it did look like he was looking for a turnover hoop because <laughs> he started looking around, and then he just ran to the end zone. <laughs> but um, all in all, that very good showings from all of these guys. I was very sure that they were going to get Jalen Twyman. Paris Ford, and Patrick Jones drafted. Rashad Weaver proved that to me. I'd say like by game five or six, I was like, oh no, he's getting drafted. And considerably so. I And and so the, the two that I was worried about towards the end of the season was how much play would DeMar Hamlin get? How much play would Jimmy Morrissey get? But also, how much play would Jason Pinnock get? How much play would Bryce Hargrove get? There's other seniors that are going into the draft this year that I'm not sure that I I still think that they're they're going to be undrafted free agent guys. But think about it. Pitt getting six guys in the NFL draft. I, I think Morrissey solidified his spot. Like I was like, mm -mm. I felt like he could be a anywhere between the fifth and the seventh. Now I think he's legitimately put himself in the conversation to be a solid fifth round pick, maybe even a fourth. People don't always look for super dominant centers. I mean, if they're there, they'll go grab them. But when you're looking for a guy who can play on the inside, I mean, think about it. You know, the, the Steelers, they always look for those guys that can bounce around at the interior line positions. And he showed that in the Senior Bowl, the last thing that they're going to see of any players, and that's the last tape that any NFL team's going to get on any player in this upcoming draft. And if I'm looking at guys, I'm like, well, Creed Humphrey, obviously he's going to be a guy. Landon Dickerson from Alabama, he's obviously a guy. But Jimmy Morrissey? I can get him on the low word. Let me do that. And DeMar Hamlin, I think his versatility speaks to a lot of people. His leadership speaks to a lot of people. Those are the things I think that are going to matter in the long run. So I'm telling y'all, this senior bowl, bigger than you expect. Because I think it's solidified Pitt's going to have six players drafted in this NFL draft. And that's always great for your program. In fact, I asked MJ Devonshire this uh when he, when he spoke spoke to us on Thursday, I was like, hey, man, like you transferred back from Kentucky and you see all these guys going. What does that say to you, especially because you're on the defensive side of the ball? MJ Devonshire, of course, the Aliquippa cornerback that went to Kentucky and is transferring back to Pitt now. And he was like, it's exciting. I see that and I want to do it, especially. And he brought up a really touching part of this. And I'll finish with this. He said, you know, I'm from I'm from Quippa. I'm, it's good to see people from the city, from Western PA 
doing it like this. And of course, he's referring to both Paris Ford and DeMar Hamlin, both also from the area. Both went to Pitt. Both played defensive back. And now both are going to get drafted into the NFL. You inspire players. You get you get you might get more more great players coming your way. And Pat Narduzzi's draft class being heralded pretty well right now. Said to be top four in the ACC by ESPN. Lots of great stuff there. We'll get into more on that to that. We have all offseason to talk about this. But thanks for listening to the DKH2P podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. If you've been enjoying the show, please subscribe to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and now Amazon. Check that out. We're all, we're making we're doing it big out here in the DK Sports Radio Network. Please, if you want to support the show, leave a five-star review with a positive comment. Doing so really helps us out, gets the word out about what we're doing here on the DK Podcast Network. Really, really positive stuff here. We've got a lot of great stuff coming your way. We've got Penguins Prospects shows. We've got Penn State shows. We've got Steelers shows, draft shows. Uh, you know, I got, you know, we, we got, uh, you know, DK doing his daily shots, pirate shows, penguin shows, all that right here on the network. Stick with us. A lot more coming your way as far as great content. Don't forget to subscribe to DKPFirstSports.com.